Hiya and welcome to another edition of The Jewel Case. It's Tuesday night and you know that I, as usual, have a very special guest for you here. I'm John Darcy and for the next hour, I am in the company of Belfast's premier rapping talent. Can I say that? You can say whatever you want. <laughs> it's as my as, show. As long as it makes you happy. Actually, it doesn't even have to make you happy, it's your show. Uh, it's B McSee, hiya. How's it going? Hi Brandy, as, you, as you're otherwise known. Brandy, Brandon... BMXC, that guy over there, uh, <laughs> all those things, the person who from America that puts the Belfast accent on, uh, that guy who thinks he can rap. Wow, you can really deep dive. So Dog whisperer. Into, well, we here we, hear, we have an R, so don't get it all out in the first five minutes. <laughs> uh, so you, you may be wondering why it sounds a little different than usual here on the Geocase, and there's a reason for that. Because we're not in the studio, we're actually in Brandy's car. Right. And we're going to do a hip-hop drive-by around some of your favourite spots around the wider Belfast area because we're broadcasting, as usual, on Lisburn's 98FM, Bangor FM and FM 105 and Downpatrick. A little triangle, sort of, around Belfast. Um, yes. So we've, we've just, I've just yes. joined you at your home in South Belfast. Can I say that? Yeah. I'm not going to give away the details. I'm renting that middle-class lifestyle at the minute. <laughs> uh, we live on Stradmillis. We're near a greengrocer. Uh, very nice. The main- very posh. There's a lot of BMWs there. It makes my Citroen Picasso from 2001 <laughs> feel very uncomfortable, but so, also punk rock at the same time. We, we're in the Citroen Picasso. We're going to spend the next hour talking punk rock and hip hop with you right. because... Pretty much all the matters in the world. Well, here we get the Citroen fired up and go for a drive. Let's do it. Let's see if it'll start first time. <laughs> oh, I love that. That baby purr. If, if the engine sound didn't sound good, I could add that in a post. So, so where are we going to go? Definitely do that. Well, I thought first we would go to my favourite place in Belfast, which is the Cave Hill. Wow, okay, right right off the bat. Yeah, a lot of people think I'm from the West, but... Uh, <laughs> Why is that? Uh, I actually don't know. Maybe they just think that people with broad Belfast accents only come from West Belfast. That's a bit of classism, I think, yeah, well, in the wider is. Belfast area. So to tell us a story for for listeners who haven't read all of the, because um, because I did a little, I did a little bit of research before we did this. Obviously, I've known you for a little bit, but I just wanted to do a little snoop around online and see what other people were saying about you, and they all just trot out the same um, little press release thing that you grew up in Portland, Oregon, and then moved over to Belfast. And for some reason, they they seem to think you're the only hip hop artist in Belfast. They all say the only rapper in Belfast, but we all know there's. Exactly, and maybe that's. I mean, that's also a thing of. Uh, I don't. I don't know why they don't think there's other rappers in Belfast. Maybe I, th- I think I'm the only rapper in Belfast that isn't in the rap scene. Maybe I, that's probably the o- me and Royster. You're we'll in put a, Royster there, but Royster's hasn't been doing it for a while. You're so. in sort of like a in the Venn diagram of the rock scene and the rap scene. Yeah, you're sort of the, in between. In, I'm like I'm like in the indie sort of pop punk scene. And there isn't really a rap scene. There's there's this sporadic video that comes out and goes viral because there's loads of shots of the murals and there's talk there, there's verses about the troubles and guns and bang bang and wallops and your ma. <laughs> but that's not necessarily the kind of rap that you make. No. Uh, nah, don't get me wrong, like I, I, I talk about like local stuff and all that. I feel like for me. The troubles is more of a like I didn't I didn't grow up in the troubles. No. You know what I mean? I mean I grew up in kind of like the aftermath 
I mean, I, I, I remember, our time. I remember walking to school and there were soldiers with guns that I'd walk by. And I remember like riots. I remember going to riots when I was like 13, 14, throwing stones across the way because that's what you did in my neighborhood. But it, it was, we weren't really fighting for anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? We were kind of just, we were just kids being idiots. And there were things still happening, but it's, you know, it wasn't, it, it wasn't like my parents' generation, where like my father's from West Belfast and they right. were getting kicked out of their houses and it wasn't that sort of thing. Yeah. And people weren't like, you know. So tell me a little bit more about that. How did your dad end up in the States then? So my father is a joiner by trade. And growing up in like West Belfast, he would have like had like family who lived in those areas that, is it, well, maybe even where he lived, There's, the houses in the States weren't as big and there was just loads of green areas and forests and, maybe not forests, but you know, just like fields and like places to just be yeah. in nature. And I think he went to, uh, he went to some like week long camp when he was like, I have no idea what he was, but he was just like, I think he learnt that you could be a forester, that that was a thing you could do. And he was just like, I'm gonna be that. And then, so he was a joiner, he moved to Chicago and he was 19. And he kind of connected with a family member through marriage and worked as a joiner out there, did some night classes, met my mother, who's from Chicago. Right. And then he moved over to Oregon to study forestry in university. And then she kind of followed shortly after because she was studying in social work. Wow. Uh, I think I kind of popped out of the blue. I don't think I was necessarily a planned pregnancy because she was still in university and so was he. Why does everyone keep telling but, uh, me on this podcast radio show that they were unplanned? And this is a recurring theme here. Well, because very few are. That, that's, like, it was funny. Well, I don't know why everyone's telling me. <laughs> it was funny, like, my, my housemate Kev, he's, well, he's been a father for like a year and a half. Yeah. And I always tell my parents about, like, him and his nieces at the time expecting. He was like, was it planned? I was like, no, and it was like very few of them are and I was like what are you trying to say <laughs> <Dad>. <laughs> so they moved to Oregon and you um, come about yeah and then I arrived and then my brother arrived but this is still like pre ceasefire so I think my dad was like I'm not going to move my family back there no, no, sort no. of thing but then 94 happened and he was missing home and my father's not a big fan of the American sort of like, let's say, like political climate. Yeah. And just a lot of the social aspects of America. He doesn't okay. like, you know what I mean? Just like the consumerist sort of vibe and. Yeah. And just the almost like, yeah, that sort of thing. I think he was missing home and he was able to convince my mom to come back here. And um, how did she take the move? Um, she took it well. I didn't take it so well, but uh, actually, you... everybody kind of took it well, apart from me, from what, what I can remember. What age were you? I was 11. Right. T- tough time to re- uh, recamp with friends. And yeah. You, like, how do you start a new life at that age whenever, you, yeah. you know, your whole, your whole life's been in one place? So it's like, you know, I, I went, I came over from a place <laughs> where I was skateboarding 
and listen to Nirvana and the Sex Pistols and Rage Against the Machine and Bush and No Doubt and, and all that sort of stuff and I come over here where everybody on my street wore tracksuit bottoms and listened to transport music and uh, you couldn't get tofu anywhere in Belfast. It was just like, everything was a shock. It wasn't even just friends. It was like culture shock. Food, Extreme for me because I had just sort of like decided what I loved music. was starting to love and it just wasn't really... Yeah, and that an, is an, such... aven- an avenue for me, it, it, especially at that time. There was, it, I don't know if you remember, like at that period, but like maybe like five years later, it started becoming like a real cool thing to like that sort of music. But at that point, it was just like, well, especially at that yeah, age, because <laughs> it's at that early teen or preteen phase when you start defining yourself by your taste. Yeah, what music you like, what clothes you wear, how do you fit into the world, and. And people use music for that, and like if you're coming into now a new place where everyone's different, talks differently, acts differently, and then they're wearing different clothes and, and playing a different music, and I guess you must feel like total yeah. Nirvana outsider. Yeah. <laughs> Which I suppose what most Nirvana fans want to feel like at the end of the day. <laughs> and so, you, your early taste is mostly rock and punk, um, and can, can we maybe play play a little bit because we have. On. In the car here, we have a we have a high tech setup. We have a phone going into a uh, FM transmitter, going into a radio because your CD player is broken at the minute. Yeah, I actually have a I actually have a CD player ordered with like a subwoofer, like tweeters, woofers. Well, can I come back? And then it's got the Bluetooth. It's got like the aux <laughs> cable insert. US. It's everything state of the art. It just hasn't arrived yet. So I've got your I've got your phone in hand because you're driving. I should have said to the listeners, full disclosure. Brandy is driving and never I, um, use your mobile phone whilst driving. I am producing uh, in the passenger seat, shotgun, I called it. So I've got your playlist here, and the first track <laughs> is Everclear with a track called Electra Made Me Blind. Now, now tell me the backstory of this because I don't really know Everclear. That just sort of bypassed me in terms of my getting into rock music and indie music. Alright, well, they're, they're a Portland based band from where I'm from, and I got, I got a cassette tape of that album, the album that that's off when I was about, a, no, nine, eight or nine, nine maybe, nine or ten, from a babysitter, and it's just been my favourite album ever since, I had a cassette, lost it, found it again, got it on CD, lost the CD, bought another CD, and then a girlfriend bought me the record on vinyl, and I have it tattooed on me, and once, that's the first song on the record, every time that I hear that song, not every time, but if I haven't heard it like in a week or two or whatever, it comes on, it just reminds me of Portland and I get very nostalgic when I hear that whole record, but especially that tune. So here we'll have a listen to a wee bit of it. Electra Made Me Blind by Everclear. Hold on, hold on.
So, a touch of Everclear there. And do you still listen to that a lot? I'd say I listen to it at least once every couple of months. That'll come on. Right. Maybe once every, once every, once every three to six months. That'll, I'll, I'll play that record a bunch of times. Oh, oh, oh! So we're we're in North Belfast now. That's right. You know, I can tell because it's election season and all the candidates change. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I'm not going to read out any names because Yeah, we don't want to let them what part of North Belfast run <laughs> Unless there's like <laughs> well, We're going up to Cape Hill so they'll, they'll work it out but, so, so Brandy, t- talk to me, where are we? Uh, we're on the Antrim Road We've just passed the Fort William Shops We come up through the Shore Road And we're coming up And to... we're coming up to Cave Hill Which is my favourite location in Belfast yeah, so like my parents live about a mile, mile down the road there, and this is so this is this is essentially at my doorstep. When you really think about it, it's like it, there's a there's a hike at my doorstep. So hangovers. Whenever we were teenagers, we would have come up here. Whenever I had dogs, we would have come up with the dogs. It was just a place, and that I kind of slowly but surely fell in love with Mother Nature. Oh, and, and there's a sign for turn left and it's Belfast Castle and now I recognise where I am. <laughs> My internal Google, Google Maps is flickering. Um, so when when did the American accent leave and when did you get this sort of more um, Belfast accent? It, it sort of happened over time. I think I don't really know when it officially left. It's probably maybe like 10 years ago? 9 or 10 years ago? I remember when I first came over here, I was just like adamant. I was like, we're not staying here for more than a year. I'm keeping everything that's mine. You know what I mean? Like yeah. internally mine sort of thing. And we're going black. I'm not going to live here. This is this place is awful. And all that sort of stuff. So I, I, was quite, I quite held on to the accent. My brother lost it quite quickly. He was, he was a little right. younger than I was. But uh, I held on to it kind of like adamantly for a number of years. And then I think it was when I started kind of dabbling with rap stuff, I was essentially just putting on an accent all the time. And then I did this song called Belfast Slang. This is like 12 years ago I wrote this song. You wrote Belfast Slang 12 years ago? Uh, and you only just put it out on your most recent album? Well, I've, I've, I, people have heard it before. People have heard uh, the other versions before and they've okay. been on CDs. It was just the first time that I'd made it with uh, a beat that I was happy with. Oh. I usually wasn't happy with the beat. We go for a kip, you go for a lap. Your gobs are trap. The bag means top, shape means crop. We gun you up, what we call a ten. Use no as a card. Our jellies are jello, your jellies are jello. Belfast, Belfast, wonderful time. The camp house out, the shit does So yeah, we're into sort of BMXC mode, and was BMXC your first sort of rap alias, or were you doing other things before that? Yeah, that was always the first alias. It was actually a friend of mine called Lucy who kind of christened me it before I was rapping. She was just calling me BMXC, <laughs> and then I started rapping. I was like, "This is what it'll be." But I was rapping in a band called No Ghost, and I also played drums, and I played guitar in that band as well. Okay. And then I played drums in another band called The Screws. So that was kind of like my musical introduction. So we're actually, if you've been hearing the car struggling, it's because we're driving uphill 
and uh, we're actually just resting now. We're, we're up at Belfast Castle here and we're just pulling because there's a fire engine and things look a bit uh, sketchy here. So maybe we'll just pull over for a bit. And you can, you can explain this to me because I heard you for the first time at a live gig. And I'm going to look at my phone here and find out when the date was because I took a picture at it. Um, Axis of were playing the gig and you were supporting. And it was in Charlie's Cafe. Oh, do you remember this show? I do remember that show. It was 24th of June, 2010. BMXE supporting Axis of. And uh, it was in Charlie's Cafe probably just before it closed. Uh, and it was the first time I'd ever seen you and you were topless and tattooed and being quite aggressive. Yeah. yeah. You were in like a sort of aggro mode, sort of arms out, like prowling around uh, I remember, the I remember that. The, the crowd was slowly building. It was a tiny room for a start. And like there was about 10 people when you started and maybe like 25 by the time you finished. And you were just giving evils to everybody. And... Uh, and I just thought it was amazing because it was the first time I had seen this in Belfast. Someone with an iPod just playing their backing tracks through an iPod into the PA and just giving it so much energy and ag- aggravating the audience. It was class. I remember that show. So at what stage was that in your development? How, well, from, from How did it get from um, sort of singing or rapping or playing drums in bands to I'm going to just get a backing track and rap for people? At a show. So that was... I, I'd done it on and off with a friend of mine called Paul Denver and like years, like a couple of years before that. And then I had a load of tracks that I'd been working on and I kind of... I think I, I said in that state of like... BMXC was the... At that point, was the only thing I'd done mm-hmm. that people that weren't my friends cared about. So that was like the only thing I did. And it was just something I did in my bedroom. I like did like three incredibly long albums, mixtapes, whatever <laughs> you want to call them. One had like 23 songs. The first one, first one had 15, second one had like 23. And then the third one, which was the best one and best like produced. It was all self-produced, self-recorded, self-written, everything. Wow. And that had like maybe like 18 or 19 songs. We went to New York and... Like, just me and Paul for a holiday. And we met this guy at an open mic night. And he was just like, I want to make a video for one of your songs. Right. And we were kind of like, I mean, that sounds great. And then we met with him. And then we, like, we, we met him at first. I didn't actually meet him. Paul did all the talk at this point. But he was like, country kind of guy. And just looked like, you know, just like a cool cool dude. And just like relaxed and all. And then we met him to talk about the video. And he came in like a suit. His hair looked real good and he looked so dapper. And we were just like, when's he going to pull the contract out and tell us that it costs a thousand dollars? When's he going to say that? Like, when's that going to happen? And it didn't happen. And then we shot the video and his, his well now wife, but fiance at the time was a choreographer. She bought her like friends who are dancers to, what is it? Union Square in New York. And he, and then he gave us his camera for like, three days to go and shoot stuff on our own. He was like, here's where I think you should go. Just take this camera. It was like, wow. it was like a 2,000 pound camera. And he just met us. <laughs> it was just, I don't know where that came out of at all. But that was whenever I was like, maybe I should do this. But I didn't know how to do it. I had no idea. Okay. I didn't know anybody who was doing it. You know, the, the Belfast music scene, I was in the punk scene. Punks yeah. don't know what to do. Like, you know what I mean? Punks are just playing music. There's, 
there's not a you know this is how you get your better production this is how you get that yeah. I hadn't really been aware of that at that point and so some guy gives you a camera and maybe I don't know if there was someone who gave you a microphone at some stage and said do something with it or it was just a drive to, for you to make no, something kind of sure. well there was a there was a drive but I think I was recording band No Ghost I was going with No Ghost in the studio with an EP and then my band The Screws who I drummed for recording the same studio okay and I had been recording on Cubase it was alright I had like one of those wee Joe make things that I'd like put into my PC yeah. I don't even remember that sort of stuff uh-huh. like you, that you can take a, you don't even have to take a bay there's spur bays in old P, like PCs yeah. Yeah. so I like converted it put a wee audio 24 audio file 2496 maybe I the back. 24 bit 96 ah, kilohertz yep, probably that's it shout out audio files <laughs> audio files and so I connected all that up and was using that for a time and, and it was it was great I was it was a band I was playing in the singer from that helped me set that up but then in the studio they were using Logic right software instruments all that I told them I was going to go for a laptop and why are you going for a laptop get a mic and this is like I think it was like 13 years ago 12 or 13 years ago so this is before like mics were like a thing they were just to me they were just these expansive things that I was like why would I get that and they were like well you can get Logic Express for like 60 quid yeah and that's all you need and a keyboard for 70 quid and then an interface mm-hmm. and, and that's you you're running and trust me you'll never look back and I was just like oh. and that was me sold and I bought it went up to theirs once or twice a guy called Graham he was super friendly like he just like showed me like the beginnings of it and and then that was that I just I think that, that, was, to that was what the third CD was done on so I right. could start finally using drums. Okay. Like a, and I reason I was using Reason Three as well oh, to true. make all the drums. Well, I'm glad you're shouting out loads of brands because I can't highlight any in particular, no, obviously, right. until right. I get sponsored. I brought along some of <laughs> some of your CDs. I have. It's just like Show and Tell, John Show and Tell. I, t- I tell you what, folks, we've stopped because we're surrounded by fire <laughs> engines, so we don't really know what to do here. Yeah, let's keep moving. So we're gonna we're gonna leave Cave Hill now. And where's the next spot on our little itinerary drive-by? So I think we're going to go to Start Together Studios here. It's in the Cathedral Quarter in the OES Centre. And Start Together, namely Rocky O'Reilly, has been like a pivotal like part of like kind of like my musical transformation. Yeah. In, in years. Rocky has big jump for a, a long time now. Yeah. I, I don't know why he's been doing that. But uh, I thank him for it. <laughs> well, that's actually good. Any way I can. <laughs> well, because I brought along some little CDs here. And you were saying that you um, did a lot of your early demos. But a couple of these CDs I have here, I have BMXE Birds Over Noobs. BMXE yep. Spies Say the Silliest Things. Yep. And I think what's probably going to become a little lost gem, songs from Bomb City 7 EP. That's right. Um, which has... Actually, some great tunes on it. I might play one in a wee second, but but a couple of these have produced by Rocky O'Reilly um, at Start Together Studios on them. That's right. Uh, Actually, all of them do. I, I'd say, yeah, that was probably when I was learning what a producer was. I'd say, <laughs> I'd, I'd say that. Uh, so so I guess well, the first ones. So the first one on that list would be. I think date-wise, songs from Bomb City 7. Yeah. And we, I think he recorded the drums and then we tracked everything in my house. 
ignorantly. We shouldn't have done that. But, uh... <laughs> and then he mixed it, but also, like, provided some magic. This helped some of my very badly recorded guitar tones. Yeah. I want to play a tune from the songs from Bomb City 7 EP. And, actually... Most of these I can't play on the radio because, <laughs> and the, well, most of them have bad language, but also the subject matter is a little, not not that they're saying bad things, but they could be perceived to be you know glorifying certain lifestyle things. They're actually not. They're actually you know questioning it. They're questioning a lot of things that like aggressively questioning it. Yeah, and probably in a good way. Um, so, but actually, one that we definitely can probably play um, is McDonald's. Yes. Actually, we might get in trouble for that too. But here, let's play a little bit of McDonald's. If you wanna get fight, you should eat big bikes. Hit the drinks three. Trust you, set back. Ship another weight on, so listen to number eight, boys. Get a slate, boy. Work with no eight, babe, boss. You can get a job, but you will never rest on minimum wages. Or you'll get fucked. Old babe, five cuts. Make it out, tick tack. Video link that chit chat. No, no, you listen. You may watch that talk of Gideon. Stop the spousal bow. Repair your new skill. I'd rather date on roadkill. The Harry Jets. Pray GCS A-Kids. Immigrants cause they don't disagree with. Leaders. Big stuff like bottom feeders. Or Ronald McDonald. Ventilation. So when Ronald's in your turn, tell me what you're gonna share. McDonald's. We hear it. We don't wanna eat it. Green, wash your kids. Rip the rubber City 7. Other restaurants are available and I think by the sounds of the lyrics you're suggesting that they do go to those other restaurants. Um, this is true. Like, like I was saying, it's it's quite hard to pick a track from that EP um, to actually play on the radio and even the one that doesn't have any swearing on it uh, is the name of a, a band substance and you're actually questioning the use of that but it could well, be... Maybe I wouldn't call it questioning. I'd questioning. say we're... We are adamantly against the use of that yeah. bond substance, yeah. but yeah. 
but people so. will complain about these sort of things so yeah. it's best to just avoid um, so Bomb <laughs> so City 7 what happened there? Basically, what happened? Well, how that started was again how a lot of things I happened. I involved in start. A lot of people, a couple of people, a lot of people in the punk scene mainly. Kev, Kev from Empty Lungs. Shout out, Kev. Also, Jim from who used to play drums at Pocket Billiards, and they yeah. both played in a band called The Bottomies. And also, a lot of the members of Pocket Billiards had just for years been like, "You need to get a band. Why are you gonna have a band?" And I was just like, I had been in the van and it kind of just wore me out. I was enjoying being solo. And then I was like, right, let's do one song, one of the BBC songs with a full live band. So I started to piece together the musicians I wanted. And I had a drummer lined up. It was actually Dan from The Aggressors. But then he was just way too busy. So I had to go back to the drawing board. And Sib... (laughs) Who's now my housemate? And Hi, Seb. Yeah, so Seb used to play in Steer Clear. He now plays in a bad Cavalier. Yeah. I was. We. I. I. I was in a mutual friend's house with him, and he was just asking me what I was doing with the rap and all, and I was just like telling him. And he just said, "Well, if you ever need a drummer," and I was like, "Can you drum?" Because I'd seen him drum when we were kids and we were in the punk scene. But yeah. We were like thirteen, and he wasn't that good. <laughs> and I seen him as a bassist, so I was kind of like, are you, you know, and you know, the drummer thing. It's like, are you a good drummer? Because there's a lot of bad drummers. And he was playing a drum beat on his, on his like lap, basically. He had like change in one side for the hi hat, and he was like hitting something else for a snare. I love it. And it, and it it felt real good. But I was like, I need to see this on a real kit. So friends of ours were rehearsing in the old AU basement. And I was like, you come down a day and we'll just spend 15 minutes and we'll let them play the back and try. We'll just play, get them to play some sort of music and see how it sounds. And it just felt incredible. It, the second he started playing drums and they were just playing this like basic punk riff and I just started rapping. I don't even know what I was rapping at that point. And it just felt so good that I was like, let's just start, a, let's just make this a bond and not make it a BBC bond. Let's just make this a thing. And then I asked the other people who had confirmed to do this one song, and they were like, yeah, it's dead. That was that. Class. And uh, so Bomb City 7 happened, and then you're saying after that, these BMXC EPs came out? Yeah. Uh, all produced at Start Together Studios with Rocky? Yeah, yeah all, well, some of them. So he kind of found me, his wife Angie. Actually, I learned Janice for quite a long time, in 2008, 2009. <laughs> And sort of towards the end of that, his wife Angie gave me some vocal lessons. Right, okay. Hi Angie. <laughs> Hello Angie. And I was very I was very aware of Oppenheimer, but I was still in that punk phase of like, if it's not punk, I don't wanna listen to it. Kind of you know, locally, I don't wanna listen to pop music. Yeah. So I wasn't really I was just aware of their existence, didn't really know Rocky, didn't really know much about them, what they were doing. I kind of briefly talked to him one of the days and then he was recording Pocket Billiards. And I was like, this could be the perfect person to mix my album that I've been working on for like 20 million years. Ah. And I contacted him. He was like, I love it. This is what it'll be. And I was like, 
way. I didn't know that's how much it cost to mix an album. <laughs> <laughs> and then that was that, we didn't do anything. <laughs> well, we kept in touch and then he recorded Bomb City 7. And then I was on, I was on the brew and I did steps to work. Actually, well I was, I was on the brew for quite a long time so they were kind of pushing me to do the steps to work program. Yeah. I was very reluctant to do that because I had heard bad stories about just, you know, doing stuff that you hate and not getting paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> like working at Primark and all. And I had an interview for this like PA hire company. Oh, here we're here. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, basically, I'd, I'd have I'd interviewed this for this PA hire company, and they wanted me to do it. And I was basically just be driving PAs around for like twelve weeks and not getting paid for it. Oh dear. And Rocky phoned me that night and was like, "Do you still need work experience?" I was like, "Yeah." And he was like, well, "Why don't you just do it and start together?" And you just finish your album. That's your goal. That's what you do. Amazing. And was just like, I got. Like, it was a, it was at a gig when it was happening, and I wasn't gonna drink that night. I was just like, oh, this is awful. How do I get out of this? And then I was like, literally on the phone to him. We didn't, we didn't really know each other. I was like, I was like, thank you so much. You you don't know how happy I am that you just said <laughs> you that. You don't know what effect you've had. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so the first stuff that we did. He pretty much just mixed. It was all recorded in my house. He kind of directed it. He was like, you know, if there's something, he was like, this could be better, rework that. And there was a song that I was just using, like, the chorus for the intro. And he was like, why is that not a song? He's like, it is a song. I just, it's not on the album. He's like, make that a song for the album. What are you at? <laughs> and that became one of the videos as well. <laughs> I was the first video I did in, that, in this run of BMXC stuff. And then <clears throat> from then on, I I brought in some demos after the album and like you know pushed it for a year and he was like let's do this one in the studio and let's get some live musicians in and okay. just brought a load of friends in and did it like that. Because now then yeah you're back to having a bit of a live band That's sort right. of at the minute because actually I think if, at the first time I saw you it took me probably about five or six years to then see you again because I then only got to see. You play with your band most recently when you were supporting right. uh, Rubber Bandits. That's right. Uh, at the Empire, which was really fun, really fun show. And I know a couple of people in your band, but do you want to do you want to list to our listeners uh, the new members of your band and what sort of that setup entails? So we've got Demo on the bass. He's a kettlebell trainer. Oh, he's Duffman. Yeah, he's Duffman. Because <laughs> I saw you uh, on Halloween playing and you were dressed up as the Simpsons. That's right. That's he's massive right. and he was tough man. Yes, he's he's a big he's a big unit. And then we've got Pando, who was, he was Millhouse. Millhouse. <laughs> he's he's a small unit. And him and his wife run a tattoo shop. He's on the drums. Oh right, okay. And then we've got Ryan, who's in the Wonder Villains and Beauty Sleep. Yes. And Friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. Very good friend. We're always hanging about shooting the shooting the breeze as they call it. <laughs> and then we've got Shailene who uh, plays keys for us. She's yeah. also Wonder Villains, Beauty Sleep, Go Girl. Go Girl. I mean, I mean she's in loads of stuff. But yeah, Go Girl's no no offense to anybody else, but in my opinion, the coolest thing she's in and the coolest thing she started. <laughs> yes. And it's not like, I think everything she's been involved in is cool, but it's like, there is something further than just music about that. And it, and it, and it really, I mean, it educated me 
sitting, yeah. sitting in with them with those with those women so how did because you actually like collaborated with them on the song boobs that they That's released right. uh how did that come about i can't i kind of know half the story of this because i think i think i think they told me half of the story okay. on their podcast but you can tell the other half <clears> now all right did it start in the bar yes right yeah well so basically somebody a, a friend of ours called nula is a burlesque dancer and nula rude nula rude and she was telling me how like they have to wear tassels when they do it and i was like wait what what do you mean i, I just didn't know that that was like a legal requirement in right. this country yeah so you have to wear them and then i was just like joking and i just started going like i'm all about the titties but the titties no tassels <laughs> and then she was like we should and megan megan uh dalit was there who vent threads yeah vent threads it was those, those I it was us three chatting amongst each other, and she was like, "You should write a song about this." And I was like, "No, we should write a song about this." And then I was like, "But who's gonna do the music?" And then I was just like, "Shailene was over there," and Megan didn't even really know Shailene at that point. And I was like, "Let's just go see if she'll do it." And she was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and then and then like anything I do, I just like made it happen, made sure. That like you know what I mean I was just so adamant it could have just been such a drunken conversation I was so adamant that it had to happen and we got the first meeting and then they just took it over and they just owned it and killed it and and so what was the writing process for them we sat in Megan's flat and pretty much just started initially it was saying all these I had a couple of lines that I had been thinking of that could work. And then I want to hear all the stuff from them. And Megan took the notes. And then the idea was like, I'd go and craft it into a rap. But then they started throwing out all these raps while we were there already. Yeah. And throwing out these lines. So they pretty much did everything there. And then I just kind of structured it yeah. at home. And then we double checked it a few times and did some rewrites. And we had a friend of Nudos come in who's like a genderologist just to make sure that we, you know, it was, we, all, it was all right yeah. on, basically. Uh-huh. And and that was class. That was, that was real interesting, doing that. And was and, there much changes? No, nah, it was or? just one change. One change, one, one of my lines and my, like, verse that I'd written. So I wrote my verse separately. Okay. <laughs> but one of, one of the lines in it, it, it was sexualizing the breast. Right, okay. And <clears throat> not intentionally, but then she said that, I was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Let's well, that, that's get, a let's lot get, of... Let's get rid of that and then put a, put a new one in. I think um, that's part of the part for the course when you're learning about these things. Yeah. Like gender and how, how this is dealt with because there's so much uh, sexism inherent in all of the media that we yeah. take in that people just say these things offhand and not thinking yep. and then it takes someone like that to actually yep. clue you in and say yeah. why what you're saying yeah. isn't quite above board. Yeah. But also being like a white male who's heterosexual, like exactly. we are the dumbest, not the dumbest, but just the most ignorant to most privileged struggle. position. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. we don't have to go through that stuff. And uh, so it was class. It was it was not that like I didn't care about women's rights before that, but it just opened my eyes to like the not as obvious plight plights of like women. And it just really, I was inspired by yeah. watching them do what they were doing and this collective that they were starting. And then just also just 
really excited to be learning all these new things and yeah. all that sort of stuff. So just for anyone who doesn't didn't know and are wondering what we're talking about, uh, that song was called Boobs. We'll play a little bit of it now. We'll play Brandy's verse, um, which is brilliant when it starts because it's, it's one of the best uh, featuring. I think you know you know what so many rap songs are like feet and then insert name of rapper and I guess this is Boobs by Go Girl Feet B McSee and it's one of the best just bits where a rapper steps in halfway through the song and you're like so what's all this now? <laughs> oh. um, so we'll play a little bit of a second but it's called Boobs and it was all to do with Free the Nipple movement which you can read oh, loads yeah. more about online but I mean the, the crux of it I guess is the sort of disparity between how the female chest is overtly sexualized and yeah. censored in the media compared to the male chest and I'm sure um, maybe you have your own opinion on this please read about it more online you can, yeah. there's so much on about there and please look up the video for boobs after you hear this <laughs> So what's all this now? Girls can't get their titties out? Doesn't make much sense to me How much harm can a nipple be? I know you can show the rest of the tits But come on, don't hide the best bit Cause boobs are sweet like cherry cola Prettiest bit is the areola Boobs? Yes, they're the best The source of life comes from the chest A baby feeds from a mother's breast But censorship keeps us obsessed The pillow where I rest my head When I lie with my girl in bed Simply put, they're wonderful stuff So why on earth would you cover them up? Who dictates what we can see? Who stops us girls from living free? It's only flesh, why make a fuss? We'd burn the bras if it were up to us That was a bit of the song called Boobs, written and performed and produced by Goo Girl. Yep. Actually produced by Ryan. <coughs> yeah, produ- yeah, produced by Ryan. And that was like literally the most fun I've had working on a musical project. It looked fun. In probably, video in probably well. two years. Yeah. Like that was just like the video, everything. It all just, I don't, even like looking back, it's like, how did that come together so easily <laughs> and quickly? But I guess it's like just at the start of the Goo Girl thing and just so exciting to be around musicians they weren't inhibited. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we did the video and they were just like dancing and being silly and I was so used to doing videos and being like, can you do this and can you do that? Like, and fellas just being like, nah, I'm just going to like stand here and be awkward or look cool. (laughs) And they were just like, they were just so happy to be happy and it was just like, the environment was just incredible and I'm jealous of all of them and their (laughs) go-go movement. I want to be around that all the time <laughs> well maybe you should just join right yeah exactly <laughs> so um, where, when you actually came to get the track down and all that there uh, Ryan I guess had produced a lot of the music in the back room but how did you get all the vocals together we did all the vocals and we did a bunch of the stuff actually and at the alleys one Sunday we had some gang vocals in there and we did the verses and I think we did a little bit of the instrumentation as well and at the, I mean, at the Alleys is my favorite place in Belfast. Well, my favorite like venue in Belfast to be in. I just, and I think it kind of stemmed from doing a lot of launches there with yeah. Bomb City Seven and BMXC. 
and kind of like it almost feeling like a home away from home. And you'd go in there and it's just perfect size. Attitude is exactly what I want. And I like I like going into a place and feeling like you know people there. Mm-hmm. Whether it's going in to get a burrito or to get a coffee, to get a beer, to, you mean, the cycle shop I go to. You know, just have like, just a little bit of chat. I'm not really like a, a small talker, but when there's a reason, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I really enjoy that. I just, I feel like I feel more like that affects how I feel about a place that I go to spend money. Well, let's just go there right now. Let's, let's go to Auntie Annie's, or as it is now known, the bar with no name. No, it's still Auntie Annie's. Uh, well, that's what I feel. That's how I feel. Were you at the last Auntie Annie's show? More yeah, I, I played it. You were playing that? Well, I kind of like did stuff in the middle of each bond. Oh, okay. A little okay. sloppy. I must have been outside um, yeah. crying on people's shoulders whenever you're performing. See, everybody was crying, but I was kind of going like, I've been doing launches here. You haven't been here in a year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean you, John Darcy. I just mean in general. Well, thanks for clarifying that, please. I saw John Darcy there a lot. Yes. Um, so we're just leaving the OEI Music Centre. Um, home of many of your recordings at Start Together Studios. And we're going to try and pull out here onto this. What's this street called? This street is called the... I don't know. It's one of those roads in Belfast that I used to get really confused on and end up West in York. Westlink or the A2 uh, or something like that? Yeah, it's a number and... It's one of them linker roads. Pure Jim's right round here. <laughs> shout, <laughs> shout out to Pure Jim. I'm not shouting out. Right yeah, no <laughs> monthly contract and you can go whenever you want. <laughs> Six months down the line, why have I not gone to the gym in ages? That no contract seems so sweet. I should just cancel it. So we're... Uh, no, I'll go to the bar. I'll go to the bar. I'll go to the gym tomorrow. Are you an exerciser? I am an exerciser. Are you? Do you keep in tune and in, in, in shape? I wouldn't say, like, I'm an avid exerciser. Well, no, I am. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm... I, I've been, like, exercising. I mean, since I was able to exercise. I love how I'm uh, sort of glamorizing exercising as though it's a thing loads of people don't do on a daily basis because I just do no exercise. See, but I've never, I've, but I've never been to the gym. Right, okay. Like, I cycle. I used to run when I was a little younger. Oh, I ran yeah. a marathon once, once, and... Well, you're very slight. I left weights in the house as well. Oh, but it's, you're it's, lifting now? I've been lifting for, like, two years now. But it's, I mean, it's like dumbbells. It's more for just a little bit of extra strength. Yeah. Just more to keep the strength up. Yeah, you don't want to deteriorate. And then I do a little bit of, like, stretching. And I try to stretch most mornings, which could be okay. seen as, like, yoga. And I mean, I it could be yoga. seen as yoga. Well, I do some yoga stretches within oh, okay. that, but I don't necessarily. I mean, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'd say half of the stretches I've learned in yoga, half I learned in PE, like gym class. Well, there is a good crossover there. Um, I'm trying to think what the difference that really makes. Oh yeah, I think it's yoga, depending on what breathing you're doing, right? Yeah, uh, no, no, not even. Maybe I don't know. I've been to yoga and just breathe in and out. <laughs> I'm try- I've got a yoga mat in the house now and I try to like I try to do I used to do stretches I'd like stretch and then go, do- go to my phone and like right. stretch and then put music on but now I'm trying to stretch like 10 minutes in the morning and I'm doing this like 5 mornings a week I'd rather do it 7 but some mornings just don't bother but do you have a yoga playlist? no 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 but I try to do it in silence and like look out the window yeah. so I'm like blanking out so I'm actually like 
collecting myself for the well, day. Well, that, that, that would be okay then, because you're meditating, sort of, it's like a mental process then, instead of like dumbing, yeah, or yeah. Uh, instead of phasing out in your mind and I, just tuning in to music or a podcast or something, you're... And that's like a new thing, I did. For, for ages I wasn't bothering with that, but... But yeah, so it's, it's, I really enjoy it, and it was actually a friend of mine, she's a yoga teacher, shout out to Alexa. Hi Alexa. Uh, uh, she, she brought me along to one of her yoga classes, and I'd been to a few before, but it just, this was like last month, and it just re-sparked that sort of interest. Well, you heard it here first. I didn't know I was going to get the um, the yoga breakdown with BMXE today, <laughs> but we have, and uh, you, you may, I think you have inspired me to maybe get back into it. I, I, I used to go to a class there, um, and my excuse was that I had to go with my mum because she had a bad back. Uh, so I went along with her, but I did enjoy it. Although I just get so sweaty for standing still. It's the sweatiest I've ever. Which one? Do you, well, well, yeah. I mean, I think all exercise is good. I think the more you exercise when you're young, the better you're gonna feel when you're older. I'm feeling that now because I was a PE dodger. <laughs> and there, I mean, there's no, there's no time like the present. You know, I mean, you can always get into it. If I could give myself my for in my formative years any advice, it would be learn piano earlier and. Do not avoid the ball in football. <laughs> That's funny because one of mine is actually learn piano. Right. <laughs> and not like avoid my mum's requests slash demands. No, <laughs> Very, very pushy requests to learn the piano. In, in terms of your musical outlook, um, are you trying any new things for any new releases? Or are you going to learn piano? What's, what's, your, what's your sort of outlook at the minute? Uh, I've been playing guitar a lot in the past month. I actually have an amp in my room. I have an electric guitar set up on the wall. I've got a wall mount, it's all ready to go. I'm playing that quite a lot. And I haven't really been writing raps for the past six months. Right. But I have a lot of ideas and there's a lot of things I want to work on. So I basically have a, I have a band, a punk band. It's a lot of social commentary, but a lot of like basically just like not happy songs because because there was a big period where I just wasn't really happy. Okay. And I mean, we can laugh now. But that was a tough time. Yeah. But uh, but I mean, I, I think I got through most of it. But uh, I thought you were going to say sad because there's social commentary on the state of the world. No, 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 no. Just like personal sad lyrics. Right. And was this is a thing that came up in all uh, I said at the start um, people writing about you and um, when they wrote about the Belfast Yank a couple of online reviews and I don't want to say they were badly written but uh, I think in the local music scene some um, writers on certain like websites and things they, they could be working a little harder um, yes. but yes. sort of lazy references yes. and m- maybe haven't listened to things and they just pick out of the press release yep. but people were uh, saying um, you pick the thing that was everyone was picking up on was how open you were about your personal life and the little sort of foibles and anxieties you have that I guess everyone has um, in terms of how they relate to other people and um, sort of the little intricate moments and what they're embarrassed about and what their hopes and fears are. Yeah. Um, and are you you're saying then that that got a little bit darker in this phase? Yeah, I mean, maybe not, maybe not darker. I think it was just like. There was a, so probably like two and a half years ago, like everything was just, not flawless, but like the BMXC stuff was picking up. Me and, I had two people I performed with when I was doing that stuff. 
Bomb City 7 was still a thing. And I lived in like the best house I've ever lived in. It was just all botanic. It was huge. We had a recording studio set up at the top. Rent was absurdly cheap. Uh, I was seeing this girl who I was like madly in love with and all that sort of stuff. And then within three months, the house burned down. The two people I was performing with in the solo projects, one of them entered the Voice of Ireland and then the other went to study a PhD in Coleraine and Bomb City 7 split up and then the girl that I was seeing, we split up. So all that sort of happened. Oh, wow. And I was living back at my parents' house and just kind of feeling like completely lost. But I started the BMXC band at that period, after that period. So I think there was a lot of things that kind of like almost distracted me. I think basically I went from having like three, three, four solid things that were working to just like having no stability or consistency within anything I was doing. Yeah. And just at Christmas there, I just, I didn't have a meltdown, but I kind of just, I just didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, what am like, I just had a big, what am I doing moment? Everything I was trying to do just didn't seem to be working. And I'm quite a forward thinking and like positive. I'm kind of like just gone for it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I'm the You're kind of, like yes guy to yourself. Like, yeah. rather say yes than yeah. no. Like think less, do more. And whether that's like stopping your album launch because a girl gets hit by a bouncer in front of your face or because you think you're in love with this girl in Chicago flying over to see her you know what I mean and that's how that's how I was just like don't think about it because you'll regret it it's better to know that things won't work than, than wonder what would have happened yeah than just to work out reasons why they won't work in my in my eyes so I think that just happened a lot for two years and I wasn't being surrounded by creative people as much but now I'm living back in the town and I'm like I really enjoy my housemates and I think I kind of cut out things that weren't making me happy so I have a punk band now. Also, there's a lot of social commentary. Like, there's a lot of, well, we have a woman called Megan O'Kane in the band, and she's writing some great lyrics about women's rights and stuff like that. And we've also got a song about Tinder, the uh, <laughs> the demise of our single generation. So, like, stuff, stuff like that. And then I also have a really fun, like, pop rap duo project with Ryan from Wonder Villains Beauty Sleep. So does that have a name yet? Uh, well, we're, we don't have a name for it yet, and we're just not sure how to release it yet. Yeah. It's, it's basically, we've, we've spent a long time trying, basically one of the songs I think is the best song in terms of like, like, accessibility that I've ever been a part of. You know, like widespread accessibility, people are going to get this that haven't got all that yeah. stuff. Oh yeah. We've just driven past your housemate, Kev. That's right. <laughs> and here, we got distracted there. We just drove right past. We did a proper drive-by of Antiani's, the bar with no name. <laughs> We've actually dri- driven the whole way past, and then we're back at your house where we started. That's right. Brandy, thanks a million for uh, doing this. Thanks for joining me on The Jewel Case. If you have been listening, this has been The Jewel Case with me, John Darcy, and my esteemed guest tonight has been B-Mixy. He's shaking my hand now, listeners. You can't get this on air, but maybe if we flap in front of the microphone, you'll get a bit of that. Um, 
<laughs> I will be back next week uh, with another special guest. Um, I've got a few interesting ones lined up. Bobby? Um, but we've, we've been talking about doing this for a while, so I'm glad uh, we finally got around to doing it. And, me too. Uh, I, I can't wait to listen back to it because uh, we're sort of winging a prayer hoping that this microphone has picked us up here in the car and that the engine noise hasn't been too loud. The windows have been steaming up for the most part because we've been trying to keep the fans off, but uh, <laughs> I think I think we got away with it. Uh, Brandy, thanks a million again. And if people want to check out BMXC, how do they find out more about you? Probably the best is just to type in bmxc.com, which is B-E-E-M-I... C-K-S-E-E There's Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff But if you go .com There's a link to everything And there's loads of I think there's some EPs People can download for free And yeah. things like that yeah. there And you can stream everything on Spotify So yeah, the, the most recent release Was Belfast Yank um, I'm not sure Is the Bomb City Seven <laughs> stuff online Or am I in, Have I got limited edition stuff In my hand I right now? I think it's on Bandcamp Have a look for BMXC uh, online In the meantime If you want to get in touch with me It's at underscore John Darcy on Twitter, Instagram and all that stuff. If you want to suggest a guest or maybe you're a creative person in Belfast, Lisburn, Bangor, Don Patrick, and you want to come on and have a chat with me for an hour, just get in touch. Sounds good. Uh, you Remember, you can listen again to all the old episodes on the jewelcase.johndarcy.com. They're on Audio Boom. You can subscribe on iTunes and all that stuff as well. Uh, Brandy, thanks again. Uh, oh, one last song. One last song. One last we did, song. We hardly got through any of your playlists. We were chatting so much. I can't believe that. Yeah, it's too much good conversation. <laughs> well, what, what's, what's your last song? I'm going to put a song by Taylor Swift. Yes. And my love for Taylor Swift kind of began inadvertently by making a comedy video about how myself and Paul Denver loved her so much. <laughs> And then just making jokes about it and then starting to listen to me like actually it's pretty good music. And then I my heart was broken and her red album was just like I was like, I understand everything in this record. <laughs> <coughs> and this song is called Begin Again. Yeah. And why it is cheesily applicable right now is because that's how I feel like what I'm doing right now. It's just like and not not like starting ever hangover from scratch, but just like beginning as a person and figuring out what's next. You're in a new cycle. Yeah. You talk about these like life cycles. You're starting yeah. a new cycle. Yeah. And Taylor is the a social commentator to yeah. commentate yeah. that cycle. Or the musical catalyst. <laughs> Taylor Swift beginning again. Brandy, see you soon. You say you never met one girl who had as many James Taylor records as you, but I. Tell stories and you don't know why I'm coming off a little shy